We'll look into the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. John 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see him, see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again the disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach thither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered, and said unto him, O Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen me, and yet have believed. You ever felt that you were the very last person to find out some big news? Maybe so. Maybe If you've lived very long, you probably have. In fact, maybe it could happen to where you might be shocked when you find out. I mean, they knew it too. They also knew it. How did I miss it? Well, I, that, I guess it depends on who you are, how much that would affect you. But I guess, and as far as the human realm goes, it, there could be pros and cons to that. Uh, sometime there might be a lot of word passing around, and some of the details might not be all just correct yet. And so hopefully, by the time you found out a little later, maybe they'd get some of that straightened out. That wasn't the case here, though. This news was not man's news, but it was God's news to man for man. The Lord had risen. In fact, even the very first ones at the tomb, the ladies that found out that he had risen and had yet hadn't told the disciples, they went there, they were all at the end of the whole thing in awareness in reality. They all were. Heaven knew about it from creation. Heaven's known about it the whole time. Was waiting. Way back, at the, shortly after creation was made by God. In fact, I'll read there, when at the fall of mankind into sin, it was immediately, time was not wasted. Genesis 3. Genesis 3.15 says, And when the Lord was speaking to Satan, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. When God allowed his son to die on the cross, Satan was allowed to have his way enough to bruise 
Christ healed, so to speak. But then when Christ died and then put in the tomb and then rose, when he arose, he gave Satan a death blow to the head. A death blow to sin for you and me. A death blow that we could have, we could be free from sin. So these that finding it out, naturally, it couldn't be any other way, were really, they were the last to know, though some were the first to know, so to speak. But they all were the last to find out. The prophets have been speaking to it, about it, quite often, here and there, through different eras. The different prophets were to allude and speak to even David of Christ's coming and what all would take place on Calvary. Him rising again was a little more of a mystery, though Christ himself would spend, would go into lengths in trying to let his disciples know that this would happen, but it hadn't happened and beyond comprehension. So it wasn't a secret. Never was a secret. It's always been in place. And Christ spoke many words about his going. He, there was a purpose for him coming to earth, and this was going to take place. In fact, he was their teacher. He was their came as a savior, but he certainly was their teacher. Look at everything he taught, everything we read. Thank God for the words of Christ. Straight from the Lord. So many words, beautiful words that we have. It's no wonder that even the Pharisees and those who disliked him, they couldn't help but call him rabbi. They called him master. They were so stunned with his words, which meaning teacher. Teacher of all times. Well, and then we get it as his students. They would get it and then they would share. And the Lord, and the Lord would give them a great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Share what you've discovered. Share it with others. Student to student, so to speak. The master, the savior is gone. But share this now, student to student. You know, it made me think of when I was in high school and I was wanting to prepare for a certain trade school which was going to take four rigorous years on that. But so I took any uh, mechanical drawing class I could do or along that line. And I remember there, especially in a class like mechanical drawing, and there was so much to grasp with this big uh, layout board in front of you and to try to make it work right the way the teachers was expressing and you could get lost quick. You could just lose a step here and there. But I remember, especially in a class like this, and I had been on both ends of the stick, when one student would get it, the light would dawn, they go, I understand that now. And they would go over to another student and say, I found out this is what the teacher's really talking about. And, and then student to student would kind of, they would understand where one of the students might be getting hung up on. And they would share and say, well, I was having trouble with this and couldn't figure, but then I realized, this is how it is, and oh, now I get it. And student to student would share. It's really helpful. You know, the teacher sometimes can just, they're, they know so well what they're talking about, they can lose the student in a hurry. They know where they're going. 
that the student's trying to follow. And so the same thing happened in trade school. And so student to student is really a good thing. You know, we, we are students of the gospel. In fact, we are God's student body, you might say. We haven't made it yet. We're still learning. As long as we're on this earth, we're still learning. And thank God we have each other and we can, we can learn from each other. We've, we've, we've benefited from these testimonies tonight. We're gathered in God's house. We sing the gospel songs together. We share what we know and what we found out and encourage someone else. We pray together. We want to encourage each other. Student to student. Thank God for the Savior and Master of all. And this mountain made me think of Brother Dick Taylor. But here is testimony. It's been a while now. He's been gone for a bit. And the uh, what took place there on the Enterprise during the war... And somehow, Brother Dick started hearing about salvation. Or did he hear hear it from from others who had just discovered it? They were still just exploring it, and then they began to explore it together. And they would get together on the flight deck, and they would talk about what they knew. They had a lot more to learn, but they were so thrilled with what they knew, and they shared what they knew. And they, they benefited and gained from each other what they experienced and, and maybe a doubt they had. And, and so they would share and, and finally, uh, they, they invited Dick, brother Dick to, to the service. Well, he prayed and he got saved. And he was one excited guy, young man. You know that if you remember his testimonies, you know he, he stayed excited about the gospel. We're supposed to stay excited about the gospel. How can we help it? When the gospel's burning in our soul. And he would, and so they would, they would still get together in Bible class, and they would, uh, one of the, uh, one of the shipmates there said, uh, you, you've been fooling around long enough. It's time that you got sanctified. And Brother Dick said, I didn't know I was fooling around. I was just enjoying salvation. Well, I, I believe that was Brother Cal Wolf. And, you remember Brother Cal Wolf? I can see him saying that. He takes right to the point. And, but then they went up into the flight deck, or the, the direction finder, and prayed together, and the Lord sanctified Brother Dick. Then they were talking about the baptism and sharing what they knew and what they, what the Bible said, but have you experienced it? And he asked any, all of them, he said, uh, have any of you received it? They said, no, but we believe it. Went along after that. See, student to student, the gospel is thrilling. We take it and run with it, and the light comes on here and there, and thought, oh, uh, that's, I, I get it now, and you take more steps with God. And they were praying there over there at a little church, I believe, in, in Honolulu. They, they uh, stopped there for a bit, the ship did, and they had a prayer meeting, and someone there was praying for their baptism. And Brother Dick, he was, he says, he thought, I've, I'm so full. I mean, I got saved. I got, I just got sanctified. And so he was praying earnestly for that friend because he, he'd been saved longer than Brother Dick. And he began to tell the Lord how faithful this young man was. And he deserved to get his baptism. He's been so faithful talking to me about the gospel. And pretty soon as he's talking, praying for his friend, not thinking of himself at all, someone said, God's baptizing you. 
Really, Brother Dick? Students of the gospel, the body of Christ. That's how it works. You know, we're always learning, but one day, each one of us graduate. We graduate from mortal world to eternal kingdom of God. Many we know have already done that. They've graduated. We've rejoiced the fact that they have done that. And here you can imagine what was going on at a time like this now. The, the, they were so similar to even the basic scene there on the enterprise. But these are the disciples that have been with the Lord himself, experienced everything they've experienced. But now when all of this is happening, you can't hardly uh, imagine what the disciples were going. They must have all been sometimes speaking all at once about what they experienced, how they felt, how it struck them. What do we do next? And this is what was the excitement. The reality of it all was almost just beyond, beyond them. But they were students of the gospel, recalling, recalling, exchanging what they remember. Remember when the Lord said this? Sure enough, that's a reality. We didn't know what he was talking about there. We didn't know what the prophets were talking about. But sure enough, the time came when the Lord, there was time for him to, after a number of days, was time for him to send up into on the right hand of the Father. And he's going to leave them, students and students. But he said, go tarry at Jerusalem until you receive the comforter. I will not leave you comfortless. I will send the Holy Spirit. And he will teach you. He will bring to remembrance. They were experienced some of that, but now the Holy Ghost is going to help them out. And they, when the Lord was to leave. Well, after they did that and they went to, they went to pray. And then as they did that, a brand new thing happened. They began to receive the Holy Ghost. Brand new, never seen it before. But with recalling what had happened, and after all, the Lord did say, He will teach you. He will bring to remembrance. And Peter said, I get it. I got it. This is what the prophet Joel was talking about. Can you just imagine that? And as he just excitement proclaimed the rest, this is what Joel said. In other words, it's all in place. It has all been in place, and it now, right before us, it is in play. Also right in play in our very midst. And it led him to then talk about probably the same idea of recalling of what it all is. The gospel is about the Lord's death on the cross. Had to be. We went to the, went to the tomb, but then he rose again. But then he had to go to the, had to go to the heavenly father to become our intercessor. As we were down here, and that this whole thing was just so powerful, 3,000 people were saved. Thank God for the classroom of the gospel. It does what it does, and God's works in our midst. And you know, this is a message of, of Christ, a plan of salvation, and performing it to the nth degree. The finest detail. And it doesn't matter since then, the gospel, when someone learned about it. 
But when they learn about it, they can act upon it and it can benefit them and they're going to be glad to share it to some, with someone else. And it's going to keep on going and it has. But there's also an extension of the message of the cross and the grave and the Lord rising again. And that part is something we can't learn after the fact. We have to be on top of it. We have to be aware of it. We have to know. It's called the rapture of the church. That's going to happen. The word rapture, where you see it in the Bible, but it's from being caught up. That is in the Bible. The saints of God caught up. Instantly. Those that are still here that have not tasted of death yet. And the, and in fact, the prophets alluded to it. Christ, as you follow that, in Christ's words, it's amazing how many words the Lord used, how many printed words we have of Christ himself regarding the end time where he would set up his kingdom forever and the rapture of the church just prior to that. Many words, in fact, Matthew 24 and 25 take up pretty much all of that subject. A few, just remember the ten versions. We will talk about, go into the detail, but five wise and five foolish. These were people that were, were they, they were in the gospel, acquainted with the gospel, and you can pick that, play that how you think in your mind, but some were not focused, they'd forgot, they didn't pay attention, they didn't, they weren't alert. And they just got lackadaisical, kind of sleepy, kind of, I guess it's not quite, uh, maybe some things don't matter so much, but five, and then the, the, they were waiting for the bridegroom to come to catch his church, the bride away. Five were ready, five were not. The Lord, the, the, these are the Lord's words. He even used the fig tree. He said, you know, of all the signs and the times that are given, so we're not going to go into all that, but there's, the Lord expounded incredibly on that. So don't be ignorant of this for God's people to not be ignorant. And he said, it's just like the fig tree. This is springtime. And in a season, then when you'll see the, the sprouts begin to come, you'll see the signs of the times, know that it's close. Redemption draw nigh. In fact, in a nutshell, if we just want a nutshell, he said, as in the days of Noah, in Luke 17, well, it just tells us right quick, in a few words, a reminder of what it was like in the days of Noah. He said, as in the days of Noah, that's what the world will become. And so you just read the little, a few of those words and you realize and look around and go, I think we're here. I think we're there. I never thought I'd see this before. I read about it. I just didn't really catch it. But the Lord said, you know, the Lord never hid anything from us. We need to know. He said, as in the days of Noah. And we just look and see that sure enough. And so... The, the the disciples were even grasping that, though it was not going to take place at their time. Second Peter says this. They were grasping things in a hurry. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant. 
A lot of people choose to be willingly ignorant, but that doesn't change anything. Just being ignorant on something, I remember my aunt used to, she knew of the gospel and she said, one of her, my other aunts say, started to tell her some things. She said, don't, don't tell me, I don't want to know. Well, kind of too late. But the Lord has been, is so faithful. The, the, the disciples who were not during that time, beginning of the gospel dispensation, we're at the other end of that. They were getting it thoroughly. Paul, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. I'm going to read that. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, and that ye sorrow, sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also would sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive, I think we're alive, and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Then it says, wherefore, Comfort one another with these words. That's back to student to student again, isn't it? Comfort one another. Thank God for the body of Christ. Thank God for the student body of Christ. We benefit from it over and over. One more, 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The Lord even saw fit, God even saw fit to leave John, one of the disciples, on the Isle of Patmos. The others had other paths to to follow in their work for God, martyred, most of them, all of them really. John was marooned on the Isle of Patmos. And God revealed to him incredible things. That wasn't for the disciples, that were for us. For our day, we heard a lot about Revelations, Book of Revelations. We heard a lot about that on Tuesday night. But it was never meant for this part for us to overlook We don't want to hear this about this after the fact. We know about it. We hear about it. We know it. But so thank God. Have we heard of the rapture? Yes, we've heard of the rapture. And thank God, yes, things are in place. And things are in play. Sometimes you think, well, there might be in place, but I don't know if any of it's in play. It's always in play. We're always on God's time clock. And thank God that we... We are where God would have us be in our era, in our time. So God will be with us in all things. And it's a, it's exciting time, really. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. We read about the disciples and I remember that as a new convert. I'd read that and think, Oh, to have been what they had something so special. And they did to be with the disciples. I'd like to have been there, follow the Lord himself. Oh, to have done that. But you know what the disciples were asking? Lord, when I realized 
now they realize now this isn't going to be your final kingdom set up. So we're going to live here a while yet. We got work to do to spread the gospel. But when is the coming? They wanted to know when that is. That's where we are. The disciples were wanting to know where we are now. Isn't that something? They wanted to know about us. Where we are. Yes, in the Lord, uh, when you, uh, when you set up your kingdom, that's in the word of the Lord's prayer himself. Thy kingdom come. That's where we are. We're on the brink. Thy kingdom come completely. Yes, we are there to the world in general, troublesome. But to us, to the Christian, it's exciting. We just need to be alert. Just be alert and just thank the Lord that he's there to be with us. He said in John said, let not your heart, your heart be troubled. Believe. Believe in God, believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet believe. Thank God for his, the gospel school. I never looked that forward to being a student in school, but I'm sure been thrilled with being a student of the Lord's. What a thrilling time together. Thank God we're on a wonderful path. Thank God for the whole message of the gospel. And we don't want to miss any out on any part of it, on what it's all about. The, Lord, the trump will sound. But thank God, meanwhile, we know in whom we have believed. We haven't seen what the disciples did, but we know in whom we have believed. We know He's going to keep that which we've committed unto Him against that day. Thank God we can keep our, our spiritual ears open. We want to be alert. Thank God for His blessings. He included us. We're at the time the disciples wanted to know about. We want to keep looking to the Lord. God will meet with us as He always is faithful to do. He'll meet with us now as we close. Have a time for prayer as we stand and sing 169.